Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. Today we're going to talk about data protection and organisational culture. I'd like to kick off with a story that I spotted earlier this week about West Midlands Railway and their attempt to do some cybersecurity phishing testing with their staff. So, you know, we're very key that you've got to engage staff in the idea of cybersecurity, data protection. And obviously part of that is around testing whether or not they are likely to click on emails that could be malicious and typically this will involve emails that might talk about paying money into bank accounts or look at maybe something from HR you know and companies that do it well can you know often kind of look at how those different individuals from within the organization talk so that it sounds like it could be from them but there's often really very obvious clues that it is a phishing scam and that people shouldn't really be clicking on it and it's, it's a good technique because I think mm-hmm. it helps companies understand where there's potential risk it helps them train individuals who might be repeatedly clicking on the links and also understand what's likely to get people making those clicks and putting the company at risk. You know, those kind of phishing emails will often, you know, real ones will be introducing ransomware. So they are absolutely risky for a business if staff do click on them, if they get past some of the other defences they have. But I think there's a way of doing it that's potentially a little bit more, uh, this was this label is called as cynical and shocking by people. That's but, a fair comment, Regina. Yeah, so what West Midlands trains did was they emailed staff to tell them that they would be getting a bonus, financial bonus, following all their hard work during the COVID pandemic. So it was, you know, here's a thank you from the CEO. We really appreciate all the work that you've done this year. It's been a hard year for us all. And I think it went out to over two and a half thousand employees. For any of those employees that clicked on the link to see the message from the CEO, it they got a second email that said that it was a phishing test. And you just think, I That's know it's cool. really important to do that kind of penetration testing. But if after the year that all of us, let's be honest, all of us around the world have had, so many businesses have struggled. Some have gone out of business. I'm sure West Midlands trains have been affected. You know, there's been less people traveling. You know, I'm sure some of their staff have been on furlough. And that, receiving an email like that, initially is going to make you think my god that's great thank you so much to our employer you know the positivity the relief for maybe some people who might have made significant sacrifices or been in financial hardship to then find that it's a phishing test a cyber security test for the organization i mean potentially quite it's certainly going to disengage the staff from being positive towards their employer positive towards any kind of idea around cyber security data protection why it's important the message that they're trying to achieve has really i would say been lost around the fact that you've told us we were getting something as a thank you and that's now been taken away from us and i think the sad thing about that is that the aim of what they were trying to do was good in that they were trying to reduce the risk of phishing scams but they'd absolutely misunderstood the temperature of of what people's feelings and the where we are at the moment and whilst there was a lot 12 months ago a lot of phishing scams related to vaccinations covid and stuff it was more generic because it was you know everybody was worrying about covid whereas this is really targeted really specific and actually if you if i received that message i would be really disengaged which then means have you then disengaged that staff from all things related to data protection and cybersecurity, or just disengaged from an, your you as an organization that in itself poses a, a number of risks 
Yeah, I think there's certain ways and it's so important to do that kind of testing and make sure your staff have understood the training and the policies that you have in place. But I think when you're planning these kind of exercises, it's really important to think about maybe some of the unintended consequences of, of the messages that you're putting out there and again haven't seen what it was you know was it if it was you could kind of say if it was littered with spelling mistakes and very very obvious but even so that's going to be some it's such a challenge that and so emotive at this point that people like you say are just going to feel disengaged because that moment of oh my goodness that's going to be great one-off bonus that could really help solve any financial problems that I've, I've got from this last year and then that's then just taken away and I know that there will be tactics that cyber criminals will use but I think there's got to be a level of sensitivity that organizations apply in circumstances like this particularly if it's something that the organization is likely to do you know if it's if you're not a company that typically will pay bonuses or it's just uh, yeah i feel that the like you said the good that would have come from testing and understanding who's clicked the link is going to be vastly outweighed by the the bad results and negative feeling towards the company and the fact that it's hit the bbc news is you know also going to negatively reflect on the organization itself probably in the eyes of, of others you know as, as well I, I don't feel that it's really in an appropriate way i'd be really interested to see what other people think about that as to whether it's uh, you know it can be justified i just feel like the emotional impact on their staff point yeah. where there's probably a lot of people in that kind of position that finances are tough it's unfair because there's going to be very little time that they would actually genuinely stop and think that this would be a, a scam so yeah i agree it'd be definitely cool to hear what other people think about that i absolutely agree with you I, I think it was the intent was there to do the right thing the message was just wrong and i think that leads us into like the next topic of conversation and i think there is the possibility that with us now easing out of lockdown measures in the uk that we people could get this new way of working wrong as well if they've not managed it so you know march last year we rushed into going into lockdown and everyone working from home massive transition to new systems to be able to support people from working from home that now what you've got is this consideration i think of employers to how best to meet their needs as an organization in terms of survival profitability you know staff engagement and then staff you know how do they get the best out of their job whereas they might have adjusted their entire life to working from home now so coming back to the office might be a challenge so it's that what everyone is talking about this hybrid way of working where there's going to be Mm -hmm. a combination of working from home and working in the office and what i wanted us to have a chat about is well what do we think are the challenges then that these employers are going to face and i think there's been lots of positives i think you've possibly reduced the amount of paperwork that you've got Mm -hmm. voting around which i think is really great but now if you're moving between home and office will paper re-emerge because Mm -hmm. you can now print it so is there a risk that paper could get lost in transition or are you going to accept that you can now um, have electronic signatures on documents and you don't actually need to have a physical copy we i think we've all read that landlords are concerned about a lot of organizations reducing their office space and i think you made the point about the kind of we work model where you know people hire desks and that in itself poses is a problem because if you don't have an office anymore and you've got a virtual office but you want your team to get together are you just going to be in a room where you've Mm. got control of it or are you going to be in an office space with lots of other organizations and if that's the case what are the risks i think that's really important to consider because i think there's a lot more of this collaborative working space popping up i think that you know they can be very nice to work and we've done it in the past certainly and probably will look to do again 
sort of going forward and they can be you know they're flexible they they meet people's needs now you can meet in places that are convenient but what you've then got to think about is well what are we going to be discussing when we're together you know what what do we need to be talking about and when you're in the office it was interesting I was having a conversation yesterday and one of the things that we kind of been talking about was I think people felt like they were before everything was kind of in control because it was confined within a physical space that they were responsible for so people were leading on data protection IT it was all managed it was something that you know they could manage ins and outs of the doors same with all the the firewalls and the the systems and now because it's so much more disparate that feeling of control has disappeared and I think there's a danger that by going to somewhere you feel like it's within a you know confined space because it's a building you feel that sense of comfort again that okay well we're, we're all right now even though it might not be yours and your responsibility because it's a shared space but if you've got other companies other people also co-working in that space the risk of being overheard both for your business purposes and confidentiality purposes is much much higher so I think when you're organising those team days, it's really important to think, what do we want to get from that day? And is it appropriate to have us in an open space in that that collaborative working area? Or do we need to book a meeting room within that space? And, and many of them will often have that mix. So, But even if you're an individual or a smaller team going into that space, again, really thinking about the conversations you have and whether you then might need to keep some of them or, or move into a more confined space or private space for specific conversations and, and work that you're doing. Yeah, I agree, because I think you talked about collaborative space. And I think if we then translate that into technology, you know, how are you going to ensure that your systems you introduced last year are fit for purpose for now Mm -hmm. and in the future? And a lot of that is going to stem around collaboration, about the movement of, of information hopefully in less places than it was 15 months ago and it would give the people ownership of those systems a little bit more feeling of control but I think it now's the time to take a moment to look at your systems and say do they meet our our requirement if not why not and how can we get the system to be used better and if they don't what does your future system look like bear in mind that I feel that we are always going to have some more of this hybrid working than we've ever had before and I think that risk assessment is quite key now in that taking stock of where you are with your systems. I think that's certainly something that we're seeing more in terms of inquiries coming through to us. Mm. People are looking and saying, well, you know, there's been a big shift in the last year. We know that we're probably going to be working differently going forward. Before we get that all set up, let's do an audit. Let's Mm. understand where we are now, where our risks are, so that actually we can get things set up in a way that is good for us going forward and we're not playing catch up and I think yeah. it's um, a really good way to reduce the risk of data breaches intentionally or unintentionally mm. putting something in place that, that ha- makes that risk higher if you haven't thought about it so actually identifying where you need to be working in places that are more confidential or yeah. less open is, is going to be key and that those systems that you've got in place are also set up in a way that means the right people have access to the right system and it's not just open to all restricted down too much and i think that that where the kind of cultural piece comes in is that how do you communicate that with your staff this is how you're going to continue to work through training through policies through meetings you know how do you get that shared learning now that you've got this continued disparate way of working so i think the challenges that companies have to think about now is how do we manage this going forward you know we're not going to get everybody in an office to deliver training how can we have a a model where we can offer online and face-to-face training Mm -hmm. how do we have a policy that covers both working in an office and 
working in home so all your staff are very aware of what your approach is to data protection they know who to talk to they know who to raise concerns with and I think that is really quite critical and I think that could be the piece that people miss out on and I think some of the answers to that is really about keeping data protection on the organizational agenda and conversation so it's not just an annual tick box exercise that oh we've still got a policy we've still got uh, you know a mandatory training plan which mm-hmm. they're both important I think if you make it that annual you know oh we've ticked the box it's no, not going to be as effective and clients that we've worked with I think where we see it's been really successful is where they've made sure that there's people in the organization who take on that responsibility for data protection and have support for those people and then it is part of the conversation so it's you know all teams are talking about data protection if there's been issues if there's new legislation new guidance coming in it's part of what they're talking about it's not just waiting for oh it's it's one day every year that we just do a review and then we're done it's actually part of that organizational approach and everybody understands their own personal responsibility as well as the organizational one and I think that's the key is really setting the context of it for your staff and keeping them thinking about it as things change because you Mm. can get the best ideas from your teams if you if you highlight to them that by working in a collaborative space for example that there's potential risk in conversations being overheard you're probably more likely for them to then say oh but we also do x y and z and could this be risky you find out things that may Maybe, you know, as more senior management, you might not really have been aware of. And I think engaging staff in that way so that there's a genuine two-way conversation is so important to that really good data protection in an organisation and that culture um, supporting that. Well said. I like that. (laughs) Well, that nicely brings us to an end of today's uh, podcast. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. Thanks for joining us on the Data Rockstars Coffee podcast. If you've got any thoughts on the topics discussed, please email us on coffee at dbxuk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please join us again next time for our 50th episode where we are joined by a very special guest. <laughs>